Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Melina Lee Williams Haas. I deeply appreciate you listening and taking the time to hang out with me. I will be addressing issues of life, the universe, and everything that are often bogged down and mired in shame and grief, and talk about how they can be repackaged to be useful and gorgeous and fucking awesome for you. So sit back and relax, or you know what? Sit up and freak out. However, you prefer to listen. Let's go. Happy New Year! Yay! It is 2023, and I'm here with my beloved Spousemeister. Happy New Year! Yay! And this is an episode uh, I've been trying to get him to do with me for uh, a couple of weeks, which is great, but now we are doing it. You have nothing to say? I have nothing to say, no. (laughs) (laughs) You have no no rejoinder to my accusations of you not helping me for two weeks? Of course I I helped you, but I don't don't remember that you asked me this some weeks ago, but maybe this is a problem. (laughs) Remember when we were visiting with with, uh, Vi and Jill and I had my stuff out and I was like, let's do a thing. And then you were just like, so in your shit. You don't even remember. That's why you don't even remember. Because you're just like, I'm a composer now. I don't fuck around with my wife's little project. (laughs) uh, You know, I had a very bad period of not being able to compose. I don't think it was a very bad period. You just had a period where you weren't... uh, Yes, it's... A composer cannot compose. There's no composer and there's nothing. No. No. Yeah. (laughs) You have to have breaks. Okay. You have to have times when you're doing other shit where your brain relaxes, Professor. If my brain would have relaxed, everything would be fine. But uh, <sighs> it is. Well, but then I really got an intense element of working and this was very good. Yes. Yay. Which is awesome. So the thing I wanted to do because I was, I'm always very curious about the fact that my memory is such garbage and that time has always been for me very fluid and very weird. And the past two years have really underscored that, I feel. It's very difficult for me to have a sense of time. How long has passed? I have sort of collapsed the last three years into one year. You know, like sort of I've been counting from 2020 when we were in Morocco to now, like it seems to me to be about a year, a year and a half you know, but it's not. And so I'm trying to, I was thinking it'd be kind of interesting to go over 2022 and see what the fuck we did. We did a lot. Because we did a lot of stuff. So, you know, I'm just going to scroll through here. I got my little calendar, little calendar app. And a year ago now, we were actually on an RV trip in California, which marked, I think, our third RV trip. I think the third one or the second. I don't know. No, it's definitely not the second. So it's it's either the third or the fourth. And we had really good luck as that we did not get the weather of today. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. An RV trip in California currently would not be, would not be cool, but this is the current conditions are so freaky and so unusual. And 
Uh, shout out to my California peeps, because by the time this airs, you'll probably be being hit with additional uh, precipitation, which is what you absolutely do not need right now. So yikes. Um, so yeah, so we were on this RV trip. I'm looking, we were to Anza Borrego. We were at the Salton Sea. That was amazing. This, the, that, that stinky lake with all of, of the course, little yeah. shells. Yeah, when you when you walked along the beach and you you could imagine it's sand, but it was not sand, it was just fish bones. Fish bones and, and tiny, 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 wee little um like snail shells. Uh, and everything crunched under the feet. It was it was it was uh, shocking in some way. I, but it's extremely beautiful. I did have an existential crisis. I did. I was like, look at all of this death. Like, just to walk on the bones of living beings, billions of them, and like each of them represented a life. Like that just tripped me out a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, and even to go a step further. We also watched the lake dying because the mm. lake doesn't get enough water and yeah. it gets smaller and smaller. And it's, yes, it's. Yeah, that whole area is a very fascinating, weird. I mean, we weren't there when it was summertime, so it wasn't bad, but it's also just an ecological disaster, you know, with the dust that kicks up, uh, toxic clouds of dust, and schools have to close sometimes in that area. It's really bad. Yeah, but the sunsets was amazing. The sunset amazing. was amazing. The birds were amazing. Uh, I even loved the train passing by. It was so weird. Mm -hmm. uh, the lonely sound of the the train whistle. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then what was it? We Coyote Valley and Shebo Park. That was a really nice one. The park at the end. We were at that campground at the park ground that was amazing. Well, for me, this also was a completely new kind of lifestyle. Uh, I wasn't used from Europe, these small cottages in the wilderness, yeah. which definitely don't exist in the States. Maybe they exist, but when they're... It's not a common, it's not it's a, not a common, common way to travel yeah. or to visit. Um, but what is in the States common, what is in Europe would not work, is this type of RV. Because in the amazing things that the States are so big, so huge amount of space. Yeah. And yeah, so I remember this was the second, the next RV trip in this year when we, when we arrived in a place was hard to find and we finally we found the national park and we entered the park and they asked yeah where is the campground they said okay you have to drive five miles <laughs> and, you know, and it's um, it's and you have uh, in in european campgrounds you have the neighbors always close to you right and in these like an rv park in america like the, like the traditional rv park yeah but yes. the but the campgrounds in the rv parks of the natural parks They have so much space mm -hmm. and also what I love so much, there is forbidden to drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. This means that a special type of campers will just not go there. And I, <laughs> and I really don't miss type. this. I really no, don't do miss not. this type of So campers. pro tip, now that we are uh, apparently avid uh, amateur RV people, do not unless there is no other choice, do not stay in a chain RV park or 
uh, or anything like that. KOAs, avoid them like the fucking plague. There are some RV parks. There was there was that one we were in in Michigan was all right because it was so fucking huge. It was huge, yes. You know, and it was sort no, of- It was right because it was a house lake. <laughs> this must be good. There's no- <laughs> But like generally, those are just bear traps for mm. people who just want to sit and drink and play their music really loud. Yeah. But uh, but winter was fine. As I remember, uh, True, winter was not as bad because there's fewer people, empty. but still, yeah. still. We don't like, eh, uh, so let's see. Now we're in, uh, wait, why were we, why was I back in San Francisco? The heck is that? Mendocino. Why were we in San Francisco again? This is February? Yeah, we, we flew back from Okay, so I guess we were, this is just the end of that trip. Yeah. So we were, whole, yeah, this was the whole winter when we were, yep. uh, and then we went to Vienna. Yep. And this was in, what is this? This is February. Graz, Graz was the next thing, I think. Graz. It's the opera, Morgen und Abend. Where I had the first time in my life an opera performance, which made me absolutely happy. And this was a really, really great experience. Yes. Uh, Do you want to talk about that? Uh, well, it is very, it's a, real problem of writing operas today is, is that the stage directors are used to work with dead composers and they are they are they are work they are, have these old pieces which everybody knows and now it's the question which genius idea does this stage director have to make the magic flute still interesting Right. And now they come and do the same thing with my operas, but nobody knows my operas except myself. And not, and it's very, very sad that it's very often, almost all the times, it's in some way destroyed. And in Graz, this was a miracle. There was a stage director who told me, well, I did not want to do more than to present on the stage what is in the music. Oh. And this is what I need, and I got it. And yeah. I was very happy that it worked. And then now, for all the future, to all the stage directors in the future, I can tell sorry, but it is possible. It is tr possible, and it was true. It was a very beautiful production. Yeah. It's a really beautiful production. Of course, production. about dying, because it's opera. Yeah, you know, white people screaming about dying is typically what operas are about. So there's that. Yeah. Um, and then what else? Oh gosh, this was, this was my, uh, huge stab at, uh, getting a certification. I had signed up for a course with this place called the Dulwich Center. Uh, I was very excited to get a certification in, um, narrative therapy, but the instruct, I found out, first of all, it was very difficult for me to handle online learning. It was difficult for me to focus And then it was made even worse because the instructor had this vocal tick where every couple of seconds he would do this. And I am someone with misophonia, which is a, a, an exaggerated reaction to certain types of sounds. It's actually a psychological condition. This that is I why you married a composer. I'm sorry? This is why you married a composer. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, this is why we had that fight about that click, clicking mouth thing that one of your former colleagues wanted to put into a piece. Yeah. Anyway, it's my problem and I understand it. But until I was in my 40s, I didn't know it was a psychological thing. I thought I was just an overreacting, hypersensitive asshole. 
which I might still be. Uh, you could make that argument. However, it was absolutely impossible for me to cope with that. And so I um, hit one of the worst things that can happen to a quote unquote gifted kid, which was failure. I completely failed at something that had to do with an academic achievement and I was devastated. Um, and I actually need to contact them because I wrote to them asking for help and maybe a refund or whatever. I don't know. And never heard back. So who knows what happened to those thousands of dollars? <sighs> that was great. I think it's the next North Berlin. Is it correct? Uh, let's see. We ordered from Fresh Direct, it looks like. Well, this <laughs> happens sometimes. And then, wait, what is the artist treehouse? What is this? Where the hell is this? Oh, this was California. This is when we went to California for... Nature? Mm, I think this was for booty calling and body storytelling. Ah, yes, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was when I had my magical moment of saying, you know what, I'm gonna, we're going to do this threesome but it's going to be all about me. So I don't have to do nothing, but be a doomy queen. And it was amazing and transformative. I actually think I did a podcast episode about that. I should look it up and be like, if you want to hear about the time I insisted that I be the center of the threesome and it changed my life. <laughs> Scroll well, back to episode. Blank. Nobody who knows you, darling, will be surprised that you appreciate it if you as a center. Yeah, but no one would be surprised that I also have not asserted that for myself because I have this idea that if you're submissive, you're not allowed to do that sort of thing. And it's a difficult habit to break. I have a compromise. Mm -hmm. Your dom could order it to you. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's, really, that's all I need. That's all I need. I know. <laughs> And then what else? Oh, look, I got my period. That's great. I'm scrolling through my calendar. I will tell you, you know what's exciting, actually, is that if I continue to not have periods through the end of February, I am officially in menopause. Which don't jinx it. I don't, I don't want to. I, 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 every day I'm like, keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. And then, yeah, so now this is March. We're in Berlin for the mm -hmm. Sasha Waltz mm -hmm. project. That was interesting. That was not your most... Uh, fulfilling collaboration, I feel. Well, it was the same thing that this is, uh, as I had very clear and special ideas. Mm -hmm. And the choreographer had also very clear and special ideas. And that was not in line with your, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have to say, the conductor was amazing. Yeah. The orchestra was amazing. It was even Ilan Volkov. Ilan Volkov. And you must imagine that this orchestra, which is a just traditional orchestra of a, of a city opera house, which has the most, normally the most uncomfortable and most conservative musicians, mm. and they with a lot of uh, love and of energy, uh, they realized my complicated harmonic structures. And this was really, it was really beautiful. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. But also, again, a lesson on having to let go of, of, of your ideas in a way, because that was out of your control. You know, that was just the hell out of your control. And now there's some sort of error here. Something is repeating over and over again. I don't know this even what the hell this is. This is the curse of 2022. 
Cool. So there's always something go wrong. Oh my God. Now, what the hell is this? It just says my event, 10 to 11 p.m., over and over again. What the fuck? Anyway. Is this now? <laughs> Here's Lufthansa. We're back in New York. Now we're back to San Francisco. What the fuck? Now we're in Guerneville. Why are we in Guerneville? Oh, this was the this was the uh the big sleepover sex party that didn't go as you had wanted. Exactly. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Uh well it was a I would say emotionally <clears throat> it was one of the lowest punct the darkest points in doing all the years we both were together. But at the very end... Oh my God, it got so much lower, but okay. <laughs> yeah, for, for me, it was, really, it was really, really depressive. And I made... A In a nutshell, what had happened was we'd invite a bunch of people for a sexy time party and there was no sexy time. Exactly. Like at all. Yeah. Why? why? Okay. <laughs> well, because, first of all, people don't comply with everyone's fantasy... Secondly, it was literally for almost all of those folks the first time they had been in a group setting mm -hmm. in a year and a half. And so there was a lot of apprehension and a lot of like, oh my God, I'm just around other people. Yeah. But to, to, to continue from what it was for, for me and my, why it turned to a very positive uh, end, I understood something is that as a dominant person, it is my duty to take care of my needs. And this is a very important thing in our submissive, sub submission, dominant submission relationship, that sometimes I had to, or very often I said, well, it's your job to make me happy. And I understood and I learned that it's my job to make, to create a situation where my needs can be fulfilled. And this is not only valid about sexual things, it's valid about everything. Mm. And for example, one of the consequences of this has been that we then started to uh, uh, clean up or to reduce or to, to shorten uh, the things in our kitchen where I, said I, want, I wanted to feel well in my apartment and uh, took the responsibility to take care that this can be possible. Okay. Oh, you are very quiet. Yeah, because I did not connect those two things together. <laughs> so it was mm -hmm. an interesting leap to go from that to the, what was for me, incredibly traumatic issue of quote unquote decluttering, yep. you know, which was for me the lowest point of this year. I think. Yeah. And this is also a thing which in our relationship is very, very important to combine these fulfilling well, of these it's, needs. It's always interesting to me because I feel like necessity. I have been really consistent in saying, you know, it is my responsibility to fulfill my needs and to communicate my needs. And it is your responsibility to do the same thing. Like, I feel like this has been something that I always say. And the fact that you know, that you say that like, now you got it. I'm like, wow, that was a long process. Like, I thought that this was something that was understood that you like intrinsically got. And then to learn that you were just having this aha eureka moment, you know, in that situation was really, I was just like, oh my gosh, like how, you how. Used, you used two terms which are not identical. Uh-huh. You said, uh, 
to understand and to intrinsically got it. And these are two different things. You can understand something and still not intrinsically get it. Especially when you are Austrian. <laughs> Especially when you are a stubborn, dumb, dominant, dominant, dumb, dumb. Super stubborn. Yeah, that was that was quite a uh ooh, that was quite a thing. Um then what else happened? Body storytelling. No, that was the other thing. So now we're going back to where the hell are we? Now we're back at home. This is April. I think this tells a lot about this year when you say, okay, and then on April we were at home. <laughs> <laughs> But not for long. I know. Not at all. And then we were, uh, I was up at uh, Urban Tantra this uh -huh. year, assisting uh, Barbara Corellis at her Urban Tantra training program, which was for me a really important moment um, because while I have assisted and provided support to Barbara during several Urban Tantras, I think this was probably my sixth or seventh time doing it. Um, this was the one when I actually had a moment where I stumbled on wanting to uh, expand my life and to do this new exploration into becoming, stepping into my role as the kink doula. Have I done an episode about that? I can't remember. Maybe I did. Anyway, uh, it looked like you were going to say something. I'm sure you did because it's such an important thing. And I must have talked about it. I, I I'm not going to go into a bunch of detail. I, I think, think I did. Have, I think you did. I think I did. Uh, if I haven't gone into detail about it before, uh, There's actually a, a, a little landing page now. So you can go to kinkdoula.com um, and check it out and see what it's about. Because I don't want to go deeply into it here, but that was an amazing transformative moment, realizing that the work that I do can be coalesced into this project where I can, um, through education and through coaching and counseling and, and classes and writing, help people find their kink or find their way back to their kink or just figure out how what we do in kink and bdsm can be assistive in the rest of their lives because there's so much that we do as perverts that makes sense outside of the dungeon right negotiating for what you want for example that helped me to just have a better life in general you know it's a really big deal for me so i'm very excited that it's actually starting to happen now Uh, now we were in France. Here we're UK, France. What is this? Why are we? Why are we? This in was this large Europe trip in May. Yeah, where <clears throat> several things didn't work out. Oh right, this was the Sycorax recording. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things was. And Liebeskis, the Liebeskis song was canceled. Yeah, this is when someone was ill, right? The singer yeah. got COVID. It's, a, it's the next opera which should have been performed, an opera with only two persons. No orchestra, only a singer, a male singer and a female singer. Screaming and, about dying now. Yeah. Yeah, and laugh and abuse and all, all, all these things which traditionally happens in yeah. opera. <laughs> and, but <clears throat> as then uh, one of the singers got COVID and this means 50% of the, half the protagonists group, half the cast, were, yeah. were not on stage, so it had to be cancelled. And, It might be done 2024. Let's oh, see. Oh, gosh. And then, oh, and then this was, then we're in Munich. Oh, God, this was exciting. 
there was the screening of the co-screening of Hyena and the Artist and the Pervert that was so badly, so badly publicized that literally 12 people showed up. So we were like, you know, the two of us were like 10% of the audience. I mean, it was, it was, I want to respect the people who were there because we had a very intense and beautiful discussion. Um, but it was a bit discouraging. And I think this was the point where we we started realizing that this has happened over and over again to us where we've been invited to places and nobody shows up or very few people show up. And I think this is something we have to pay attention to going forward, that we're putting our time into the right places and that people are respecting our time. Well, in München, München in general was a very weird and very creepy situation. It was, for me as a composer, maybe the biggest success I ever had. It was huge things. There were two op- I was in the center of this festival and uh, the critics, yeah, this festival, festival was uh, part of the annual program of the State Opera House in Bavaria in Munich. And the critics called this the highlight of the whole full year. That's wonderful. But I was deeply unhappy because my music was in a very badly way treated. And uh, in some ways, this fact that uh, they made a, a program around it. For the important person, Georg Friedrich Haas, and we have now this uh, artist and the pervert, and nobody came. Uh, this was very typical, because it's just that I got very, very suspicious about the reality of the cultural, economical situation. What does that mean? I think that, um, that yeah, this is this all full with lies, it's full with artistic shady artistic behavior. <laughs> it is, it is, uh, yeah, without going into too much detail, there was certainly a lot of shadiness. I left and I would say I was, I left as a person who was as a composer, no, as a human being who, which was hurt by that, what was done with my music. Well, which is true. And it was still a success. It was a huge success. And this is the thing that I hope that you can accept, which I know you have a hard time with, is that even if you don't like it, other people love it. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Well, not of course. I'm sure there's plenty of composers who have things ruined and it's not accepted, which is even worse. And you have had that experience. Of course I had this too. And that's far worse because then the audience is reacting to not what you intended and negatively, you know, I mean, that's, it's not that it's awesome, but I I think it's important for you to realize that the bulletproofness of your work and not sit there pouting and grumping at me. (sighs) (laughs) I don't say anything. (laughs) Okay. uh, Well, uh, in case that somebody is bulletproof, they they'll still do not really enjoy if they got <laughs> <through> things. 
that is true. It can still knock you down. <laughs> uh, let's see. Then we were in Slovenia. This Vienna. was great. Yeah. What were we doing in Slovenia? Uh, just relaxing. I weren't, okay. uh, we found this place in the oh, mountains. Oh, yeah, that lovely cottage where you cottage. sat behind the cottage facing the wall yeah. after you dragged me into the countryside. That was great. Yeah. This is me giving a plug. If you are a person of color and you want to travel in a place where you're not getting um, constant hairy eyeballs from racist ass small town Europeans, Slovenia, Hungary, like all these sort of Eastern European. Um, uh, not all the German Democratic, former German Democratic Republic, not. Yeah, but the former Democratic Republic is not Eastern Europe. I'm talking about like Slovenia, Slovakia, yeah, Hungary, yeah. like those places, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, remarkably free of fucks about brown people showing up in the middle of nowhere, tiny ass towns. Like you try that in Germany or Austria or or any of these other places, you're probably going to experience some discomfort or outright flagrant fucking racism. But I never like I wore in there like mean mugging to this like middle of nowhere store in Slovenia. And I'm just like, yeah, getting ready for it, staring at the black lady. No one gave a shit. Like no one cared at all. And I was just another person shopping for groceries. It was great. So yeah, that's that's my plug for those places. And there's some amazing nature and there's some amazing history and it's just really awesome. And it's cheap. Mm -hmm. Like those places are not expensive to stay in. We had this beautiful two bedroom cabin for like $109 a night. Uh, with jacuzzi. With a jacuzzi. Open air jacuzzi. <laughs> You've been listening to All That and Mo. Thanks so much for spending your precious, precious time with me today. My podcast is produced by Cody Crabb. Theme music by Georg Friedrich Haas, as performed by Marcus Weiss. And I look forward to spending time with you again really soon.